And the further I drive, the more the Snapple bottle is mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me. For internet orders only, Dan. The list is so I can just take the list and get what's on it. If you need something that wasn't on the list, when I get back, start a new list. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's uh, Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the, under the... I can't say the word under. You know, you'd think when you were writing a little kind of byline or whatever, a little tagline for your podcast, your big podcast, you think you would only include words that you could pronounce, you know. Like, I don't not apparently not under. Hi, I'm Dan Cl- I'm under the flight path. I, I'm a hell of a voiceover artist. I'm under the flight path, under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Uh, I'm here with my dog. Everyone else is gone. I used to be a stay-at-home dad. dad. Oh, my God. Really, Dan? You can't say dad? You can't say under? And you can't say dad? Are you really sure that this podcasting thing is for you? No, I'm, I'm not. Oh, shoot. I blew it right at the end there. I mean, especially blew it. I mean, it, the whole thing was horrible, but I really blew it. Uh, name that tune. Okay, so... Trust me, if you know me, it's not hard to figure out what that song is. Okay, so, um, hey, how are you? Where did we leave off? Let's make a list of the things we need to discuss. Okay, Hudson's... I'm, gonna write, I'm writing this down. That's the kind of show prep I do. I like to do show prep, but during the actual recording. Okay, Toga... Toga party. I can't spell either. Toga party. Um, telescope. I had this all written down somewhere, and now I don't know where it is because I don't know where anything is. I spent an hour and a half yesterday looking for a re- an IKEA receipt. Have you ever done that where you'd spend an hour? Because this is what happened. I wasn't even going to tell you this. I mean, might as well because you know, might as well. Um. See, what happens is my wife wants me to buy things or she buys things and then she doesn't like them and then I have to return them. I'm the official class family returner. Sorry, I I still have a little froggy in my throat. I got to go see Dr. Sue. Exterminate that frog. So um, several weeks ago, now you remember when I had that audition or the actual, it was a callback for a commercial that was going to be in Poland and I was going to be in swim trunks. Do you have any recollection of that whatsoever? I had an I had a callback. I had an audition, and then a callback to be in a commercial with Antonio Banderas, where I was going to essentially be in swim trunks, and then later on a suit. But, but anyway, the point of that, why I even bring that up, is on that day I also went to IKEA. Now, Dan, why would you go to IKEA on the day that you have such a big important uh, callback? Well, I'll tell you because the IKEA is in Burbank. See, I can't get what I need at the Ikea in Carson, which is very close to the house-ish. Maybe it's just psychologically closer. It might not be physically, geographically closer. Do you have that in your world where there are things that might be equidistant from you, and yet one is psychologically much closer? So psychologically and traphologically, maybe, maybe I just coined a new phrase, traphologically, 
See, in L.A., you have to consider everything from a traffological standpoint. Okay? So, traffologically, as pertaining to the ebb and flow of traffic, um, Carson is much closer than Burbank, although I think they are both physically and traffic-logically. You understand. So, I had to go to Burbank, and I was getting uh, two big lamps for the uh, living room. And uh, a couple small lamps because we were going to choose one of those. See, obviously, all right, my returns are already built into the purchase. We are purchasing items with the absolute utter assumption that they will at least 50% of them will be returned. So I bought the two big lamps for the living room, the two little lamps for Hudson. Now, we're theoretically going to keep the two for the living room and we're going to get ditch one of them for the Hudson's room. And then uh, maybe something else I forgot. But um, my wife had my credit card because her credit card wasn't working for some online purchase. So she borrowed my credit card. Now, why her credit card wouldn't work and mine magically would, I have no idea. But I had been spending days saying to Melissa, Melissa, I got to get my credit card from you. Oh, yeah, that's right. But I was saying it over the phone instead of in person. And so I wasn't getting the credit card back. And so here I am at Ikea. I go to pay and I've got no credit card. Well, thank God years ago, right, uh, you know, Visa and MasterCard made all the deals with all the banks. So now you can use your ATM in a credit card machine or whatever, whatever. Okay, fine. So I get it. I go and I go out of my edition. I don't get the Polish job and I don't get to meet Antonio Banderas. But yesterday was going to be the day that I went to Ikea, Carson, right, trafficologically closer, to return one of the two big lamps, because two was just too many, both, yeah, both of the lights for Hudson and a rug that we had purchased, uh, you know, uh, two months uh, earlier. Okay, I can't take this anymore. I'll, I'll be right back. Hold on. Just hold on. This is killing me. I couldn't take that microphone anymore. I changed the microphones. Now, this one really sounds different, but it doesn't sound wrong. Right? Maybe my trusty old Audio-Technica AT3530 or whatever it is that I got used from Craig Patchett of Godcasting. Maybe it's finally bitten the dust. Maybe I've shouted my, right? My last shout into the microphone. So the other day, does this sound okay? Does this sound better? Am I just right trading this for that? So the other day was the day that um, it was time to go to Ikea. So I... um. Very self-conscious of my voice now. Are you self-conscious of my voice? I guess that's impossible. How could you be? This sounds so different. I, I feel like I'm wearing someone else's underpants. Does this sound like me? Do I sound like a completely different person? Maybe maybe I need to change the show now that I'm changing mics. I've been using that mic for five years. I, f I feel like we should observe the, the maybe the passing of my favorite microphone. The microphone that's seen me through thick and thin. Probably... 200 episodes of the show. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm getting a little misty. Record, because you have to understand, I'm sitting here in my garage and I'm looking at the microphone, but I'm not talking into it. I'm recording the show, but I'm looking at my microphone. This is, uh, you know what? I got, I'm, I'm kind of not joking. This is upsetting me. I have to adjust, I have to adjust my Guinness hat because I'm really uncomfortable right now because my microphone I feel like I'm I'm sitting at the deathbed 
of a loved one. Oh, but what can I do for you, buddy? Okay. This is very this is very hard for me. I'm going to try to press on through my grief. In all seriousness, I think I have to move that microphone. I'm not joking. I, it's really upsetting me. I'm using the guest's microphone. This is the one that I give the kids and Seth Harwood and people that come, you know, right? Yeah, I took an hour. It took me an hour or an hour and a half to find the receipt yesterday for these stupid lamps. Now, I had the rug receipt because that was an official Melissa purchase. And she, because she knows I'm a, I almost said, a, you know, a retard. Because she knows that I'm mentally challenged in the organizational arts, she took the receipt and she taped it to the rug. But then, of course, the rug was in my trunk. And see, here's the thing with a wife. And you know this because you probably have a spouse or girlfriend or a mother. See, if I do, like, for instance, I'm going to give you an example. This is how our marriage works. <clears throat> Sometimes I go to the grocery store first thing in the morning. Okay, now we've had a list going for four days. And I will go to the grocery store and then she'll call me and say, where are you? Are you not coming right home? And I go, no, honey, I'm at the grocery store. And she said, well, why didn't you tell me? You were going to the grocery store. And I said, baby, we've had a list, but I didn't have time to think about it. Baby, that's what the list is for. The list is so I can just take the list and get what's on it. And if you need something that wasn't on the list, when I get back, start a new list. But what will happen, and this is why I really even bring it up, is that was tangential. That was a tangential. You know what I mean. Um, if I go in the morning, she will say, why are you going to the grocery store first thing in the morning? Don't you have better things to do first thing in the morning than go to the grocery store? You waste all that valuable time going to the grocery store. And then if I go at lunchtime, she's like, well, why are you going at lunchtime? Isn't it a lot busier? That why can't? So it's never a good time. So whenever I want to go to Ikea to return her rug, it's not a good time. Really? You're going to go to Ikea today? Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. I guess I won't. What do you think? I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've always got 50,000 things to be doing. What's so bad about going now? So hell or high water, I decided, because I've been, I know I'm touching the microphone. I've been working on our taxes and I don't even want to discuss that. Do you, you understand how, like, I do not want to talk about Quicken right now, but I've been working on our taxes for two days <clears throat> and choking on the frog in my throat. So I thought, you know, as a treat, this is how lame my life is, as a treat, Dan, why don't you go to Ikea and return the rug and the lamps? Won't that be fun? Won't you be living the dream if you go to Ikea today because it's a beautiful day? What better way to spend a beautiful sunny day in Southern California than to drive to Ikea and return some stuff? So I had to search and search and search. Now, the bad thing about Ikea, and I've discussed returns with you because you know that's my job. Hey, Dan, what do you do? Let's pretend I'm at a cocktail party and someone comes up to me. Hey, Dan, what do you do for a, a live? You know, what do you do? What do I do? I do returns. I'm in the returning business. I'm a domestic. Uh, I'm in domestic management and I, uh, I'm i the manager of the returns department at uh, Class House Incorporated. And I've got to find this receipt because Ikea, my friend, is not Target. Ikea is Ikea. And Ikea wants a receipt because the truth is they don't want that crap back. 
You bought it, you keep it. You put it together, you keep the Allen wrench, you lose the Allen wrench, they don't care. They don't want Ivar back. Ivar and Sven and Svinka and Skdinky and all that jazz, they don't want it. You buy it, you set it up in your crappy little apartment or whatever it is, your dorm room, and leave us alone. That's the attitude. Not really, but they want you to have a receipt, and, they, and if 90 days have come and gone, forget it. Well, of course, because I'm me, I can't find the receipt. Now, I thought the receipt was in the bag. See, I bought a bag. I bought an IKEA bag, a special blue. You know how you go in there, you go into IKEA, and you can try to find a shopping cart. You can't find one because they, they keep them. IKEA is a maze. It's a labyrinth. B.F. Skinner was involved. B.F. Skinner and M.C. Escher, uh, confusing people with initials instead of names, design all the IKEA stores. Skinner and Escher, Architects uh, Incorporated. So you can never find a shopping cart. You can only find those yellow bags. Okay? So when I bought the lamps, I had to get a yellow bag because I couldn't find a cart. And I had to load it up with two floor lamps and uh, two desk lamps and whatever the other thing is that I can't remember. No, no, that's it. That's it. Now, luckily, everything there needs to be assembled. So luckily, these huge, you know, five and a half foot tall floor lamps, they're only actually about 12 inches long when they're in the box. Now, they weigh 15 pounds each, but they're small. So after lugging around through Ikea with the stupid yellow bag, you get to the end of this debacle. Now, I'm in Burbank. So in Burbank, see, when I go to Carson... If you're ever in the LAX area and you need to go to Ikea, just go to Carson, okay? Because in Carson, you can, let's say you found a cart. Let's say for some weird reason, the sky uh, opens up, God reaches down and somehow bestows upon you a cart that you, right, when you need one in Ikea. When you're done shopping in Carson, you can put the stuff right back into the cart and then wheel it to your car. But in Burbank, you can't do that. In Burbank, you can wheel it to the exit and then forget it. Then you have to walk to your car while some guy watches your stuff. That sounds like a great situation. And then you bring your car around, you load it up. Well, I don't have a cart and I don't have a guy. I don't want to wait. I don't know. I've got an audition where I got to go and take off my clothes. So what do I do? I've got all this stuff and I've got no cart. Well, what they do see is they, you have to give back the yellow bag, but they'll sell you a blue bag. So I, I didn't realize this until I rung all this stuff up. So I pay the $200 for these idiotic lamps, the Schwengi, two Schwengis and a Klopschnitt or something. I forget. In beige. Thank you, Hugo. And I realize I have no bag. I have no way of getting these stupid, you know, 30 pounds worth of lights to the car. So I do buy a blue bag. So my plan when I get home was, I knew there was a reason I had talked about the bags for five minutes. When I got home, the idea was to just, uh, the receipt was going to be in the bag and all the stuff was going to be in the bag. Because I know at least one thing is going back. It's predetermined that at least one of these four items is going back to, to uh, the store. So yesterday when I go to find the receipt, the receipt's not in there, man. Now, listen. Without the receipt... Okay. Now, first of all, I have to be going through all this while my wife is home. Now, my wife... 
my wife, okay, my wife has a purse. And she has in her purse a wallet. Because she has a wallet and a purse to put the wallet in, she has somewhere to put her receipts. I gave up using a wallet in 1997. Because after enough backaches and that, you know, that episode of Seinfeld, I think really, honestly, we all should have just given up wallets, right? And I, I think most of us did. So I use, I have a money clip, I have a key ring, and I have a phone in my other pocket. But my left pocket, I'm left-handed. Uh, my left pocket, honestly, is full of stuff. Thank God the way my jeans work, you can't maybe tell quite as much. But I, I usually have about a good 10 pounds worth of jazz in there. Receipts checks right now i i have probably well here let's let's just look and, and i'm really i i'm gonna swear to you i'm gonna put my glasses back on i took them off in all seriousness let's let's just take a moment and look at what's in my pocket and i'm not making any of this up i'm gonna tell you the absolute truth Ooh, don't don't rip it okay so uh money clip but the cash is not in it for some reason now here's the cash i'm loaded so i've got 30 dollars worth of cash because I'm a big-time Hollywood star, you see. All right, keys. All right, now, obviously, of these keys, you can hear them. It's kind of, it sounds kind of janitorial. I use about four of the keys on that key ring, and there's about 20. I have a receipt for Panera, because I went to Panera today to have a little business meeting. Maybe I should keep this and deduct it from my taxes. My cashier was Jesus. And um, let's see, checks... Let's see, four, seven, nine. Okay, hold on, nine. Um, probably uh, $3,700 worth of checks that need to go to the bank. Nice. That's my banking system, by the way. You know what? I'll just put that check with all the other checks in my pocket. And eventually, while I'm at the bank, I will also... As I'm getting out my $20, I will remember to put in eight months worth of checks. Please don't tell my wife. And then a pen. I forgot the pen. I took the pen out. I wasn't even, I'm so used to there being a pen in my So anyway, so that's my pot. Why are we even discussing my pot? Oh, the, the receipt. I have no, I can't, the receipt's not in the bag. The receipt is not in the bag where it's supposed to be. Now my wife gives me the old, you shouldn't put it in the bag. And I'm like, but baby, that's my system. She's like, well, I don't put it in the bag. That's a bad place for it. I always put it in my wallet. I'm like, baby, the wallet is your system because you have a purse. Ergo, you have a wallet. Ergo, your system, right? Predicated on the purse wallet system. My system is a bad system. I know it's flawed. My system is the pocket bag dresser, dresser drawer, briefcase desktop system. It's a little more flexible than the wallet system. And it goes like this. Eventually, the receipt will leave my pocket and it will be put somewhere, probably in the house. And if I look for it long enough, I will find it. Now, in this case, because I knew that there was going to be some returning involved, I, right, in the bag. So I thought. Well, it wasn't in the bag. And it was not on top of the dresser. I checked twice, maybe three times. I went through every, it's horrible. I know, I'm such a child. I got to get it under control. But it wasn't on the desktop on the left. It wasn't on the pile on the right. 
It was not in my briefcase in any of the three or four compartments. It was not in my normal blue jacket, which has full pockets also. I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere twice. And Melissa just sitting, and she's shaking her head like you're an idiot, you know. So I call Ikea. I'm like, Ikea, hey, what's your return policy? No, before that, before I call Ikea, I remember that I'm an American Express user. And gosh darn it, doesn't American Express give you some kind of crazy guarantees about certain things or whatever? I don't know. Like return policy guarantees. And maybe they could slide me a receipt. Can't I just go through American Express and they get me a like a replacement receipt of some kind? Wouldn't that be possible? They're American Express. Isn't that one of the things that they used to at least kind of, right? So I go online because that's what oh, my reaction to everything is to go online. So I go online and I look up my Amex uh, account. Now I know exactly when this purchase was made. It was made uh, whatever day it was, March, uh, February 16th or 22nd or whatever, because it was the day of my naked man audition thing, Right. So I go into Amex and I go to February 16th or 22nd or whatever it was, and there's nothing. There's no record at all of this transaction. Therefore, I cannot ask American Express for a receipt or a return guarantee because I can't find the transaction. Why the hell can't I find the transaction? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, I didn't have my Amex card. Melissa had it. I paid with this stupid ATM card. I never buy anything but Froyo with my ATM card. The one time, the one time that I buy something that is not frozen yogurt, that I might want to return with the ATM is $200 worth of Swedish dismantled lighting. So then I call Ikea. I'm like, hey, um, you know, what's your return thing with like a mm, whatever, maybe no receipt, dude, kind of. Store credit. Store credit, which I think, you know what, that'll be fine because when I come home with $200 worth of store credit, my wife will tell me to get out and then I will need $200 worth of store credit at Ikea because they make furniture for uh, divorced men. Don't they, Kojo? Joko. Thank you. This is great. This, so I start to freak out. So I start looking everywhere a third time or maybe a fourth time. I don't know. Finally, I'm like, okay, what was I wearing on that day? When I wasn't in my swim trunks, what was I wearing? My black audition pants and my my sport jacket. What shirt was I wearing? What shorts did I wear when I was pretending that I was in the jacuzzi? Look, there's no way that it's in there because I would have washed those. And the thing in the sport jacket is not in there. And I go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, I go, ah, ha, wait a minute, man. You had to take a change of clothes. You had to take a change of clothes. You took your shorts. You had, you didn't take your briefcase because you don't need your briefcase anymore because it's 2011. You don't really need to carry around headshots anymore. You took the stupid messenger bag that you could shove your shorts into and your other shoes. It's in the messenger bag, you jerk. And there it was. In the messenger bag. Exactly where I put it. 
exactly where I should have remembered it was. Yes, I think maybe in some way I kind of remembered it. But, but this this kind of goes back to the day I lost the car. Like Maybe this is what they mean by the mind is the first thing to go. Because when I was 18, I think I would have known exactly where that stupid thing was. Where's that receipt? Oh, a messenger bag. And now it's like, you got to dig. It's an archaeological excursion down into the depths of some kind of mine shaft to trace your steps and kind of separate what you think happened from what really happened, what you thought you did from what really did, did. Really, this much work just to remember where I put a receipt? I need a system. I need a system, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not getting a wallet. Insert musical break here. (laughs) Ah, You know what I mean. So, Hudson had a great birthday. The the party was uh, in our minds a raving success. He got a little he got a little uptight. He got he, you know we don't have parties, so he was a little thrown at some point when uh, everybody started just like messing with his stuff. You know, we were kind of between this part of the shooting and this part of the and eating the cake or whatever. But we got all our footage. He cut together the trailer. It looks awesome. If you've never played with this iMovie thing, it's so perfect for kids too. Just kind of like take some boring footage of you at the park and turn it into a spy movie or whatever. You know what I mean? But I, I want to tell you what happened a couple of days before that. And this this may be the last story you ever hear from me. And, and I mean, what I mean by that is, it's not the last story that I'm going to tell. But after hearing the story, you may abandon me forever and let me say before I begin the story that it's not true and that I cannot be held legally uh, you know whatever this is a work of fiction that I made up as I was driving around bored one day this did not really happen okay I thought I would just get that out in the open now this completely a work of fiction there you go. So, uh, you know, a- a- as is usual, I have been dragging my feet about getting Hudson's birthday gifts. Now, when we were on our way, th- I don't know what made him think of this, but we were on our way home from the uh, doctor one day. Uh, Tulu wasn't feeling well, and we had to go to the drugstore to get some, uh, you know, Motrin or something. That's something parents do all the time. And we go in the grocery store, me and the two kids uh, in, in the drugstore. And we're walking down the, like, one of the cheap crap aisles, you know. And Hudson sees a telescope. And he says, hey, you know what? That's what I want for my birthday. I want, I want a telescope. And that, thing, that one's only $20. So I'd really like that telescope for my birthday. Now, he doesn't ask for that. He asks for, like, three things for his birthday. We don't go crazy on that stuff. You know what I mean? So his sister and I kind of look at each other like, hey, we'll get him a telescope for his birthday. That's awesome. Maybe not the $20 one from CVS. You know, we've got self-respect, but that's a great idea. So, of course, like I say, I could have just researched it. This is what a rational, normal person would do. They would sit down some night and they would research telescopes on Amazon or whatever, Best Buy, 
maybe discoverychannel.com or something. I don't know. They, but they would, right? They do a little homework. Then they'd order one probably from Amazon or somewhere. Two, three weeks in advance, they'd get their free shipping, you know, three to five day business day shipping or whatever it is, super saver shipping. It would arrive, they would hide it in the garage or under the bed or whatever, and they'd wrap it up and there you go. What I would do is think about doing that. And then instead, um, look at pictures of guitars on the internet until I fell asleep for a couple of weeks. Because apparently that's what I do now is I look at pictures of guitars. I never get a chance really to practice playing the guitar. I uh, don't have any immediate plans on buying an electric guitar. But I do have this fantasy for some reason. This, again, so, this is like a Rorschach test that you really didn't want to, right? Um, for some reason I have it in my head now that I want to build a guitar. Because I want one like Elvis Costello's old guitar. But I don't want to buy the signature Fender Elvis Costello Jazzmaster. I want to build one. And it's really, you know, you just get a brown, right? I mean, it's easy. You just get a guitar body, you stain it brown, you shellac it, you put a bunch of hardware in you don't know anything about, you wire it all together in a way that you've never, ever done before with a soldering gun. You somehow manage not to burn the wood of the guitar body or the neck. You bolt on the neck, which you've never done before. And sure, you don't know anything about neck shape, neck size, fret sizes or styles, tuning pegs, none of that. You don't know anything about bridges, tremolo, strings. You really, honestly, yeah, Dan, you don't really even know what kind of strings to put on an electric guitar. You've never actually, even as an adult, played an electric guitar built for an adult. But, yes, I think this sounds like a great idea that you should build from scratch your fantasy Elvis Costello Jazzmaster. Great idea. With all that free time, instead of lying around on the sofa or sunning yourself, yeah, you could, yeah, you could build a guitar. That'd be so much fun for you. So, his birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. So, march that's March 17th. On March 16th, I do not have a telescope. I know where to source mahogany and alderwood jazz master guitar bodies, as well as guitar bodies for the Telecaster and the Stratocaster. Fender replacement parts. I now sort of am getting sort of an idea of what a humbucker is. I think it's an excellent substitute swear word, humbucker. I don't have a telescope. I don't have a good one. I don't have a bad one. I don't have a $20 one. I don't have a $50 one. I don't have a $3,000. I have nothing. And because I am really a jack, uh, an ape, a real humbucker, I'm supposed to have lunch with a friend on the 16th. My friend, the famous priest, celebrity broadcaster slash religious a person, Father Dwyer, Dave Dwyer from uh, Sirius Satellite Radio is going to be in town and he has asked me if I would care to have a lunch with him and I have accepted that invitation gladly and graciously because I love Father Dave. And I really look forward to our visits. So Father Dave Dwyer, you know, the, the celebrity priest, Father Dave Dwyer is going to be in town. We're supposed to have lunch on the 16th, and I don't have a telescope. But I cannot text or call or whatever Father Dave 
and say, you know what, Father Dave, I can't have lunch with you because I have to do something that I should have done three weeks ago. Can't do it. And let's clarify, Father Father Dave doesn't live in Los Angeles. He's a New York guy. He's a New York priest. He's here, I forget why, he comes out, he comes out with a show. They do the show, he interviews some famous people, famous Catholics apparently. So I think, okay, what I'll do, this will be fine, this will be fine. I'll do a little research, I'll probably go down to Best Buy. I'm, I'm swamped with Best Buys. I'll just go down to Best Buy. I'll pick up the telescope at 10. You know, 9.30, 10. Oh, no, they probably open at 10. 10, okay. I'll go down there at 10. It'll take me about a half an hour, door to door, to door. And then I'll go meet the father in Santa Monica. We'll have a beautiful lunch. We'll talk about the old times of being on the radio together in college. What we're up to now. Maybe he'll even wear the collar. I doubt it, but maybe. Well, luckily, um, because it's the 16th and because my son's birthday is the next day, I decided to do the internet research that morning. And I soon realized that you can, you really do have a lovely selection of telescopes from Best Buy. If you are willing to order them over the internet, you see. If you would like to purchase from Best Buy a telescope, and walk out the door with it, not really sure where and how you're going to make that happen. Because, Dan, you see, they probably don't have a big demand for telescopes, and so they don't stock them in the stores, so they have plenty of room for, you know, game consoles and big screen TVs, things like that, Nintendo, Wii, right? How often are they selling a telescope, jackass, really? Except the fact that you're a stupid humbucker and you got to now, right, somewhere in the real world, you need to source a telescope who knows where. So I look on Target.com because Target's right next to Best Buy. And they got a couple telescopes for internet orders only, Dan, again. They have to stock all the cheap teas and they have groceries there now. There's not a lot of room for telescopes, stupid. So my wife says, well, what about fries? Now, we have this place called Fries. And um, I think they're just here in California. I don't know. But there's one very close by, uh, right at the border of Manhattan Beach. And it's a, you know, it's a little, it's there. Hello? Mommy? Wow, did you hear that? The garage door shut. Uh, Fry's is one of those places where you can go in there and, and, I mean, it's just craziness, man. They got everything in there. And they would definitely have telescopes. They have everything. They have computer chips, like chips. Not computers, although they do have computers too, but they have computer chips. They have hard drives. And I don't mean in a case. I mean hard drives. You could actually just go in there and buy any one of probably 30 different naked hard drives. RAM chips, this chip, that chip, motherboards, empty computer cases, you name it. Professional video equipment, amateur video equipment, big screen TVs of every size, Playboy, table fountains, cell phones, video pornography, alarm systems, walkie-talkies, I don't even know. 
So my wife says, well, what about fries? And I say, ooh, mama, good idea. So I go online and I look at fries. Fries has a bunch of them. Different sizes, different shapes, different price points. So my wife and I agree, okay, we're going to get one, you know, about this, you know, between this price and this price should be pretty good. We don't want to buy one too junky, but we don't want to go crazy. He could use this thing twice and that's it. You know, kids. So we decide on two or three. And then it says, we'll check availability. Oh, okay. So I check availability. Uh, Do they have any in Manhattan Beach? No, of course not. Because Manhattan Beach is uh, five miles away. Okay, but they do have some in Burbank. So, okay, well, I'm not going to have time to go to Burbank and back to get the kids before the kids get out of school. So I got to go before I see Father Happy Dave. So I jump in the car and I head to Burbank. Now, Burbank, again, traffic logically is a nightmare because... And I don't know how far it is. I think it's 15 miles as the road goes. Okay. 15 miles, which you would think, well, Dan, 15 miles, it's 65 miles an hour. Let's say it's 60 miles an hour. That's 15 minutes. That's no bad. You're not thinking traffic logically. You're thinking theoretically. Yes, theoretically, I might be able to get there in about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes with freeway exchanges, you know, that kind of thing. Because I got to take 405 to the 101 to 35, uh, 34, and then it's kind of weird to get from 30, can I get off at 34, or 134, I mean, can I take the 134, maybe I get off, at the, uh, get onto the 5, take the 5, right, it's 3 or 4 freeways, granted. But theoretically, theoretically, you could do it in 15 minutes. Traffic-logically, you're talking about an hour. Traffic-logically. Again, because the freeway interchanges. Anytime you change freeways, traffic-logically, you're a dead man. Also, as I learned very shortly after getting on the freeway, and I try to avoid the freeways as much as possible, most of my work, most of my life, I don't have to deal with the freeways. As soon as you get on the freeway, you realize that things would go fine if people wouldn't smash into each other. If people would just drive and avoid each other, things could go more smoothly. But what happens is they smash into each other. Then they have to stop. And then everyone else has to stop. Then they have to somehow get off the freeway. Then everyone else has to remain stopped while they're getting off the freeway. Then as everyone passes the wrecked, smashed, screwed up cars, they have to look at the wrecked, smashed, screwed up cars with that wonderful kind of Los Angeles schadenfreude. They're like, ha ha ha, it's you and not me. So you've now attacked a good 20 minutes and frustration to your to your trip. We were going really slow on my way to Burbank, really slow, really slow. And then I passed, you know, whatever it was, the smash up and then started to go further. And something in my rearview mirror caught my eye and it was a cop car going like, how do I even describe it? Zigzagging. From the far left to the far right and back, like completely stopping all the traffic, completely, completely like forget it. We're just stopping everything. But I finally, so I make it to Burbank. And it's a long drive. I mean, it's a long drive. 
I always like to take a little snack with me, maybe a beverage. For some reason, I liked it, right? So I probably had one of my beautiful diet uh, barks in the car. In fact, I'm going to have a little sip now. Excuse me. Oh, that's refreshing. So, so I head to the men's room. I head around, and then I come out. I'm looking around because the fries is huge. And like I say, they sell so many things. You got to get through the water purifiers, the magazine rack, the snacks. Um, go around the game systems, and then over here, and then finally, you maybe find someone to ask where the telescopes are. They send you over there, and then they're not there. Then you got to ask another guy, and he sends you over this way, and then you go over there, and then you f- so you find them. So I find the telescopes. They don't have the ones that we picked at all. They have other ones. They're fine. There's no. There's nothing wrong with them. But you know, I always have to deliberate. I always have to call my wife, text my wife, text my wife, call my wife. So we decide on one. You know, because you don't want one that's huge. Because we have a tiny house. We don't want a you know like another child in the house. This telescope, right? So we get it. Well, I get it. I take it up to the register. I have to wait a little while. You always have to wait a little while. It fries. And I go, and we ring it up. And it, Well, as I'm waiting in line, I see, you know, they have all these uh, impulse purchase items. And sometimes they're little USB sticks, little flash drives, you know, stuff like that. Magnifying glasses. And they have snack food, beef jerky. Lots of beef jerky and popcorn in a bag, that kind of thing. Because you're going to be in line for a while. You might think, oh, you know, I could be hungry. So as I'm waiting in line, I see the cooler that has the Snapple in it. And every once in a while, I have to admit, I do enjoy myself a nice, you know, like a Snapple iced tea or they have those Snapple juicy things like raspberry, kiwi, whatever weird thing. So I forget what I got. Let's say it's raspberry, kiwi. Because it could be a long drive back and why not enjoy a little raspberry, kiwi on the drive? So... They ring up the telescope, but it was kind of weird ringing it up. The, the woman was just weird. I don't know if she wasn't paying attention or she was stoned. She thought I was waiting for her. She, she was waiting for me and I was waiting for her. And we just kind of stood there like staring at each other. And she's like, well, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, baby, I'm standing here with my credit card in my hand pointed at you. Can you take it and do your thing, baby? So it was just kind of like this weird thing, this interchange. Where she, she was just weird. I don't know if she's stoned. I got this, I think everyone's stoned now. So I get my Snapple and she puts the Snapple in a bag so I can carry it because I got to also carry this um, telescope. And I was thinking about using the restroom again, but I didn't. And I head out to the car because I got all this stuff. And I go out to the car and I'm a little behind schedule, but I'm fine. But I really, I, I like to be punctual and I don't want to keep Father Dave waiting. Now, we haven't decided exactly where we're going to eat lunch. Last time we ate lunch down near my house. So this time we're going to maybe meet in Santa Monica somewhere. So I get on the road. I'm on the freeway and I hit some traffic and uh, he calls me or I call him. Oh, yeah, because he had to do some. He he interviewed the guy that created Glee, basically. And then after that, because I guess his father was a Paulist priest and Father Dave is a Paulist priest, whatever. So... He gets wrapped up at the big studio interview and he has to drop off his colleagues. And then he's going to take the rental car and, you know, you're not going to rendezvous and have a, you know, lunch. 
So he calls me and he's like, hey, Danny, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm leaving Burbank. Uh, happy. Well, where should we meet? He's like, well, you know what? I'll find a place and I'll call you and I'll call you. So he, so he goes to look for a place and I get stuck in traffic because, of course, it's Los Angeles and more people are crashing into each other. And people crash into each other on the 134. And I get past that. And then you got to get off the 134 and that kind of into 101. So you're on the 101. And then people crash into each other there. Then you got to go from the 101 to the 405 and people are right that slow. And then somebody else crashed into there. So time is ticking, ticking, ticking away. And it's getting later and later. We're, we've, we've well passed now by this point when we were supposed to meet. And I'm trying to rendezvous with him then, I guess, within a half hour late because I don't want to seem like a complete, right, humbucker. So he says, well, I've got a recommendation for this place. I'm getting closer. I'm, I am. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to Santa Monica, but really like the east side of Santa Monica. And he's way west. So he says, okay, well, I found this place. It was recommended by a friend. It's at um, 26. 26th Street and uh, San Vicente. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll meet you there. And I'm trying to think in my head, where the hell is that? And I, I don't know. I know where 26th Street is. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll take the freeway. I'll take it to 26th Street. I know it's north of the freeway, the 10. Right? So again, now I'm on another freeway. Now I'm on the 10. I take 405 to the 10. I get off. I get off at 26th Street. I follow 26th Street. And I'm going to just go up until I find San Vicente. And then I'll look. It says it's near a barn. Or something. I'm supposed to look for a barn. I've got the address. But I'm driving. I'm driving. So I get off the freeway. And um, I pass a gas station. Because I realize as I'm getting closer and closer. That I, I, I really need to take a rest stop. That's about as ginger as I can get with it. Okay. I need to take a bit of a rest stop. But um, I don't know where to do that. Because I'm in Santa Monica, and once you're in Santa Monica, over where I am right here, where we're telling this little tale, it's not like um, there's a lot of freestanding restaurants and things like a Burger King or something. You could just like, I'm going to go into Burger King and rest for a second, right? Nothing like that. So as I'm passing a gas station, that's when it really hits me like, you know what, I really, it'd probably be a lot better if I could find a place to stop take care of some business, some personal business, and then go up and find this restaurant and uh, see the father, right? Well, there's got to be a place on 26th Street somewhere. I mean, I know it's Santa Monica, but I'm driving and driving. And I'm not seeing San Vicente, which makes sense because I don't know where San Vicente, I mean, that's one of those diagonal streets. And, you you know, it's hard to remember, well, where, I mean, I don't exactly hang out at wherever we're going. So I don't really know where they cross. It's definitely a part of Santa Monica that I, I don't really just don't go to that much. Well, as I'm driving, I am not seeing anywhere where I can stop. And it is becoming more and more imperative that I do find a place to stop. And I quickly realize that I've become a bit irrational about it. Because I start to feel like I'm in this zone of, well, if I do find a place to stop, I'm really, it's just going to be nip and tuck. You know how sometimes when it gets bad and 
it's that last five seconds that's really hairy. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of like now as an adult, you're fairly confident you're not going to wet your pants, right? As an adult, that just doesn't happen. You've got it under control, right? In the nighttime, you don't. In the daytime, you don't. You haven't. You probably haven't, right? I think the last time I even came close to anything like that was during Little League practice when I was eight years old. And I don't. I don't think I did, or maybe I did, and I just blocked it from my memory. I might have been. I might have been at baseball practice. I might have been feeling sick, and maybe I did a little bit. I was playing outfield, so I don't think it was a big deal. You know, just kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna go home from here. Thanks, coach. <laughs> I walk home. I don't even think that happened. So I'm fairly confident that I'm not actually going to wet my pants. But if I wait till I get to the restaurant, when I find the restaurant, I'm going to go and I'm like, hi, how you doing? Father, ha ha, gotta go. Be right back. And that's just, it's not cool. But I keep heading north. I keep heading north. I keep heading north. And I'm not finding San Vicente. And I'm also not finding anywhere where I'm confident that if I, because I'm at a point now, right? If I stop the car to get out and, and go in somewhere to use the restroom, I got to be confident. A line has been crossed. Confidence must be had. Then when I broach, breach, or otherwise that threshold, that relief will be mine. There's no more time for messing around. And what's making it worse is, it's all I can think about. All I can think about now is the fact that I'm full. I'm absolutely, to the brim, full. Now, later in the day, completely coincidentally, later at the end of this exact day, I kid you not, I'm on the computer and I'm, I'm hitting the stumble upon button because I'm a little bored. I'm waiting for my daughter to finish reading something so I can help her with the rest of her homework. And I hit the stumble upon and it's, it gets to this webpage and the webpage is like 15 things you should know, you know, useful life hacks. And the first one is like how to expand your memory, you know, do this when you're trying to remember something, blah, blah. And the second one, swear to father Dave, what do you do with you really got to go? Hey, if you ever really need to go, you know what you should do is think about sex. Because if you're uh, sexually uh, ready, you really aren't going to wet yourself. Because those two things just don't go together for most people. So, you know, if you're ever... And they're using Jessica Simpson as an example. And I'm like, really? I don't think so. But the point is, they're saying, you know, if you're ready, then you're not going to be uh, ready. And I'm like, there's no way that I could think about getting ready when I was driving in my car up 26th Street, there's no way. There's just no way. There's no way. Well, I start cursing myself because I've put myself clearly in this situation. This wasn't thrust upon me. This is my own doing. I had to have that stupid Snapple. Right? And I knew when I was leaving Fry's that I wasn't empty. Not completely. And then I drank the Snapple anyway because I was bored because I kept getting stuck in traffic because of all the collisions. So now I'm driving up 26th Street, I am completely full, and there's an empty Snapple bottle next to me taunting me, laughing at me. 
It's so, so empty and I'm so, so full and it's just like, <laughs> Dan, <laughs> I'm full of nothing and you're full of my Snapple. Eat it, humbucker. And the further I drive, the more the Snapple bottle is mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me, mocking me. Now, it was inevitable that I would devise this plan. The unspeakable plan. The unthinkable plan. A plan that would require stealth and timing, a plan that had to either be a complete success or would be a complete and humiliating failure. A plan that I could never speak of, a plan that I would have to take with me to my deathbed. But it was the only plan. So I couldn't find the restaurant. I couldn't find the, I turned, I say, I couldn't remember if he said 25th street or 26th street. Now I'd been on 26th street. So I turned, I had to pull a U. Yeah. I had to go down. I had to pull a U-turn. And then I went, I started looking for 25th street cause I'm late. I'm very late by now. Very, but, but trust me, I'm late. So I go down, I can't find 25th street. It's way down there. It's gotta be on 26th street. So I head back. So I finally, I just park somewhere near 26th Street in San Vicente, and I call Father Dave. I'm like, Father Dave, where are you? Where did you say this place is? Because you texted me the address, but you texted it to me in this weird way, and it it didn't give me anything. I don't know where you are. So we finally find each other. And we go, and we have a lovely lunch at this great Mexican place. We're in Brentwood, which is why I didn't know where... San Vicente cross 26th street. Cause I never go to Brentwood. Brentwood's for like, that's where OJ lived. You know what I mean? Like that's Brentwood. Like, I never go to, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's lovely. I just never happen to be in that part of town. So we have a lovely Mexican lunch. If you're ever in Brentwood, I highly recommend, uh, I don't know what it's called. K and Dave's really good. Like remarkably good food. And it was one of those where earlier that week I'd been kind of watching what I ate. So I hadn't been eating much and I'm so sick of my own cooking. And then to go there and eat that, I was just like, oh, to have someone else's food and lots of it and not worry about what it's made out of. And it just tastes so good and it tastes like fat and death and I don't care because it's yummy. And we have a great visit and we're reminiscing and we're joking and we're eating chips and we're having a great time. But part of my brain is always on this question, which is, let's, let's say that it's a hot spring afternoon in Los Angeles. And let's say that your car, you have a car and it's parked in a beautiful up, up, upscale neighborhood. And in that car is a glass bottle full of liquid 
and the, the the bottle's in a bag. It, true, but it's it's not secured in this bag. And, and the, so the question then becomes: If enough heat is generated within the cabin of the car, is it enough? Would it make the liquid in the bottle expand to the point that it could pop the Snapple top in in some sort of explosive, concussive detonation? Now, I know if it were freezing cold, then odds are good that, yes, the liquid in the, right, the bottle would freeze. Freezing liquid expands. It would, right? But what about heat? What does heat do to liquids because I know that when we make pasta we put salt in it to get it to boil at a lower temperature so therefore ergo ipso facto is it possible that I have some sort of detonation device now some vile vile grenade is hunkering down in the back of my Jetta sport wagon As I was walking back to my car, dreading what I might find, I saw Maria Shriver. She was having lunch in, in a little cafe. It was, it was like outdoors, but not on the sidewalk. It was kind of like in an alleyway between two cafes. It was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. And Maria Shriver had a little white stuff right there. You know, like a little, uh, uh, what would she even be eating? She's so skinny. Maybe maybe she can eat anything. I have no idea. It was like a, a what do you sour cream on the edge of her mouth. Yeah, I saw Maria Shriver, and then two steps later, I saw a guy that was dressed exactly how. Um, oh shoot! I had the guy's name on the tip of my tongue too. Vince Neil? No. Who's the guy? He's like a maybe the lead singer of. Uh, uh, poison or something but basically p- picture this guy because he wasn't the guy because i think he was too young to be this guy whoever i'm thinking of but he had like a bandana around his head like who wears a bandana around their head but he had a bandana around his head but not like like when you go to a kegger in the summer and, and you're like river rafting and somebody puts a bandana like this was a brentwood fashionable it was probably a 50 dollar bandana around this guy's head perfectly right dyed to match the long sleeve t-shirt he had on under his very crisp white pressed shirt. Each cuff was cuffed up just once to expose a little bit of the perfect red underneath the tailored jeans, the custom made cowboy boots, the shades, the three o'clock stubble, the perfect tan. So I don't know if he's like Vince Neal's, uh, you know, manicurist. I don't know what's going on, but he's eating by himself. I'm like, really? You you got yourself that put together, bro? To sit and eat by yourself in Brentwood on the sidewalk? I mean, man, come on. So I go and I get in my car and I'm just sitting there like, what am I going to do now with this grenade in the back of the car? This is the most humiliating thing that I can even imagine. Like, what do I even do with this stupid thing? I can't walk around the streets of Brentwood with this thing. So then the Vince Neal looking guy or whatever, who you know who I'm talking, do you know who I'm talking about? Is he the guy that like, maybe died recently or something? 
I don't know, but he looks just like him. He gets into this really expensive Mercedes. It's like sports car Mercedes, not a boring Mercedes, like a hot Mercedes, black. He gets in and and he's like not pulling out, not pulling out. So I pull out and then he decides he's going to pull out like he has to pull out exactly when I'm going to pull out. Like you couldn't wait a split second or go a split second earlier. And you know what, man, I've got something in my hand right now that I could throw at your Mercedes and you'd never forget it. What do you do with the evidence of your crime? Because you cannot throw it away in a public trash can where Maria Shriver could see you. Or or fake Vince Neal. So, so what do you do? Well, I'm such a homing pigeon. I can't, right, drive out of Brentwood to somewhere and find a 7-Eleven because I, I, apparently there's no 7-Elevens in Brentwood, clearly. Because I want to find some, right, a crappy place and just kind of pull over and jump out and put it, you know, right? I have that thing with me all the way back to Westchester. And I'm just like 15 minutes early to pick up the kids. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way this thing cannot go home. It cannot be in the car with the kids. It cannot. I, it cannot. It cannot. So I get the, the idea. I'm going to go to the library on my way. I'll stop at the library. They've, they've got a trash can right outside. I'll just pull up and I'll go and I'll go in there and I'll, or, you know, out there. And I'll just throw it away. But then I'm like, but no, dude, you just drove all the way from Brentwood. Where really, honestly, except for Maria Shriver and the other guy, you don't know anybody. You couldn't throw it away, in, but you're going to drive to the library where you go. And not the library, like the library where the families that go to your kid's school go after school. You're going to go to the la- that library and throw away your PP bomb. So I have to ditch that idea. I drive up to the next, because now I got libraries on the mind. That's the only place, because I can't go to the plaza because that's where the bristol farm is i can't be walking like who throws away a full bottle of snapple so i go up to the other library where it's it's all like weird homeless people and degenerates and the geriatric i go over there i throw it away but apparently you're not safe apparently you can cross that line Apparently, it's just like when you tell the kids you should have gone before we left the house or before we left Fry's. You can take the telescope in there with you. All right, sure, you'll get some freaky looks like, really? You're going to come into the... Right? You're going to go into the men's room with a 500X lens? You are a perv. Oh, yeah? Not as big a perv as... Thank you for supporting The Bitter's Pill. It's been nice uh, having you for a listener all these years. I bid you farewell. (laughs) 
enough of that. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for supporting The Bitter's Pill. Uh, don't bother telling a friend because they'll listen to that and then, yeah. Uh, 888-315-5753 if you ever want to uh, 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 say hello. I think that's the phone number. It's behind me right now. Hopefully this microphone sounded better. We'll see. We will see. All right, well, listen, take care. I got to go in and pee. Okay, bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's...